Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Live mic. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time for another edition of the Live Mike Podcast. My name is Michael Beck, Deputy Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And today we're bringing you another one, another edition, exciting one, exciting times around the Steel City and the NFL Universe because we are rapidly advancing towards the NFL Draft. By the time you've listened to this, we are just a couple weeks away from, from said draft and Really, the hay is basically in the barn at this point. Basically, the team is going to be as filled out as it's going to be before we get to the draft. And aside from maybe one or maybe two moves, this is likely the roster we're going to see the Steelers coming into the draft with. So with all that being said, we can kind of start making some legitimate predictions on what the Steelers may do when they are... a. Uh, officially on the clock, be it at 24 or be it some sort of trade scenario. So when we look at it like that and the Steelers make their pick, instantly, outside of the reaction from the player pick, the next thing I think of is, okay, well, what are they going to do now in the second round? And today, we're going to look at a number of positions that the Steelers could take in the first round and what that would mean for the picks accompanying that later on in the draft. So starting things off, I kind of want to look at 
one spot where a lot of Steelers fans kind of predict the Steelers will end up go with that 24th overall pick. That being taking a running back. In this scenario, it really doesn't matter who that player is. It could be Najee Harris. It could be Javante Williams. It could be Travis Etienne, depending on who the team likes the most. But just a running back in general. To me, if this team is set on taking a running back with that 24th overall selection, you have to pair that with an offensive lineman in the second round. For starters, really kind of the deep, especially tackles of the draft class, really kind of explodes around that mid to late second round, which is exactly where the Steelers find themselves uh, when they are once again on the clock with the 55th overall selection. The Steelers could pair that running back with an offense lineman to build towards the future. Now, the Steelers by no means are in kind of a pressure spot to take an offense lineman extremely early. Specifically, when you look at this draft class, there there aren't really a first-round center, which if there was, I would definitely say the Steelers were in on. They may even reach on a center just because of how big a need is at that spot and wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. But when you look at this team, if they're committed to fixing the running game, and to me, taking a running back in the first round, it's pretty much over-committing to fixing the running game, but really with the amount of talent they've uh, shuffled through since the departure of Le'Veon Bell, it might be time for that. If they're going to draft a running back that early, they have to pair it with an offensive lineman. They really have to commit. You, you can't give Najee Harris or Travis Etienne or Javante Williams a subpar offensive line to run behind. It just isn't it's, it isn't fair to the prospect, and it is putting the cart before the horse. If your offensive line isn't very good, your running game is still not going to be very good. It doesn't matter who's in your backfield. Even Barry Sanders himself, he had a 1,000 negative yards over the course of his shortened career. And heck, in an era when running backs still played for more than 10 years, and you kind of saw it, especially with the, the elite of the game, behind a poor offensive line, Barry Sanders' career ended early. Now, in an era where running backs really kind of hit that wall about five years into their career, you kind of understand why you want to uh, give them some protection and let those players uh, kind of uh, run a little more free, uh, not get tackled in the backfield so much, build a little bit more confidence. Really, it just makes sense for them to go that way. After that, I kind of want to look at skill players on the offensive side of the football in general. We, we talked about running back. The next biggest need for the skill positions on offense is obviously tight end. I think we can all agree on that. The receiving core is deep enough where they're not taking a receiver. Definitely early in this draft, it would surprise me more than it did the last couple years. But if the Steelers were to take a tight end 24th overall, that most likely being Pat Fryermuth because after Cal Pitts, Farmuth is pretty much the only pure tight end of the, of the draft class. After that, there's just a bunch of guys that have one pretty good skill and aren't well-rounded players at the position. If that's the route they want to go, I, I would still say if you're taking a skill position in with your 24th overall selection, you have to pair that up with an offensive lineman. If the Steelers are going to add, say they trade up in the second round after taking a tight end, 24th overall, if they're trading up, then all of a sudden, 
you kind of start to see where kind of the holes start to form. Once again, the team will have a, a pretty decent passing attack, but with an inability to run the football, it, it won't matter as the year goes on and this offense once again becomes predictable. Now, of course, we have Matt Canada calling the play, so hopefully it should be a little bit better, but my confidence level isn't extremely high. If they kind of uh, snub the spot, if the Steelers are going skill position in the first round, it is absolutely key to be taking uh, offensive linemen with that second round pick. If they want to build up that uh, that passing attack, even uh, with a tight end like Fryermuth, you still need guys to protect Ben Roethlisberger. And once again, B.J. Finney is going to be the starting center of this team unless someone random takes a spot from him or they go out and draft a center high. There's a very good chance that either of the top two centers, Landon Dickerson or Creed Humphrey, are not available at 55, and they aren't really guys that project to be first-round players, be it injury, be it skill set. They just aren't those guys that you typically see in the first round. And guys with the bigger talent will be there. It would be hard to make a reach of that kind of level. So looking past that, if the Steelers aren't... uh, aren't drafting a tackle with that first round pick really when it comes to 55 if a creed humphrey manages to be there you almost have you almost have to jump on that and to be honest with you i think the steelers are more than content with letting bj finney be the guy at center as much as i would be against it 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 definitely seems with some interviews that have come out from finney himself that he is going to be able to reach for the brass ring and be the starter for this team come week one To me, that kind of screams that the organization is looking at someone perhaps in the third or fourth round to come in and be the backup and eventually take over as time goes on. Perhaps that's a Quinn Miners. uh, That could be a Trey Hill. Josh Myers. Those are some of the names I would kind of bring up that they could potentially be looking at to pair in the later rounds. So if that top center isn't there with their second round pick, that might be a a way they go about it. So if the Steelers take, going back to our original conversation, if the Steelers are taking a skilled player early, they could once again dive back in to kind of the, uh, the meat of the draft, the the tackle class that is extremely deep going to that well boost up uh, both both their rushing and passing attack and then uh, attack the rest of the draft from there the next thing i want to look at is a spot that we've talked a lot about the offensive line now it, by all means the steelers could take say they could take a, a center first o- with their first round pick say they say you know what this need is so significant we have to go out and get get Landon Dickerson and bet that he is going to stay healthy for the remainder of his professional career they could they could try to make that bet and they could follow that up by saying well we really need to commit to making this offensive line back to that elite unit it once was and replace replace Alejandro Villanueva with someone like say Liam Eichenberg or Dylan Radunes just one of those kind of uh, bulk guys that you're going to see in that in the, in that 50th pick range. There's going to be a number of those guys there. The Steelers will have their pick of the litter. That could be something they do. And with all that being said, if the Steelers are taking an offensive line in the first round, it leads them and lets them kind of do it whatever they want in the second round they could trade up for running back they could still look at the defensive side of the the football if someone were to fall 
they could go into that tight end room. Drafting an offense lineman with their first round pick to me says anything and everything is on the table in round two. That really is the only spot to me where I'd say, all right, the first round pick was a, a bit of a toss up. Guess what? The second round pick is going to be just that as well. You just aren't going to be able to to guess what's going to happen in those mid rounds because really as these kind of rounds go by you see the teams go best player available fairly early and then you see the teams kind of hit for need in those day two and early day three picks and then the sixth and seventh round they kind of just chase guys that are are guys that are likely going to be undrafted free agents that they just don't want to get away guys with potential they could hide on their practice squad and perhaps develop into someone who could start one day for them in the future so really those middle rounds are kind of spots of the team just kind of banks on talented guys that could come in and potentially push push for jobs and push for jobs fairly early and once again we know the holes on this team The Steelers are going to need to fill uh, still about a half dozen spots, be it starters, be it primary backups. So if they are unable to do that, with kind of diving back in the free agency well, they're going to have to look at giving some rookies some serious playing time. So at some point in the draft, it could be right away, and it, it, it could be... Perhaps starting with their second round pick, they're going to look for for guys that could start almost immediately. So that, that could be something we could see. And once again, by taking an offensive lineman in the first round kind of allows them to take the best player at any of their spots of need in the second. With all that being said, we, uh, we're going to jump into a quick break here on the Live Mic podcast. We will be back in the second half of the show and kind of break down what the team might be looking at if they uh, are interested in perhaps drafting a quarterback, moving up for a guy. Maybe the future is now. Perhaps uh, the Steelers might be looking at a defensive player and what, what that could mean for the rest of their draft. So stay tuned for that. We will be back in just a moment. fans it is time for the second half of the live mic podcast once again my name is michael beck thanks again for tuning in and uh, enjoying this ride with me if you want more great Steelers content while we're at it you can go ahead and uh, follow me on twitter if you like at michael beck 56 uh, great stuff coming out every single day uh, you can always catch my articles and 
be the latest to uh, hear these podcasts when they are released. But with all that being said, we can jump back into the action of today's show. Really, in the first half, we kind of talked about the, those offensive skill players and offensive linemen going in the first round for the Steelers, what that would mean. After that, moving into the draft, to me right now, looking at the next two spots, really, and most namely, what would it mean if the Steelers were to make a move and uh, take a quarterback in the first round of the draft? There is kind of a scenario floating around the NFL right now. It will, I, I would say NFL fan Twitter, uh, nothing official by any means, but one of those fun things to talk about. We know how much uh, Mike Tomlin loves Justin Fields, the quarterback out of Ohio State. There's been rumblings that perhaps Fields could uh, slide out of the top 10. Now, when you kind of look at it like that, uh, you see the Eagles at 12, uh, you see the the Cowboys at 10, the Giants are there at 11. You you start to see uh, some sort of patterns where perhaps if if a quarterback like Fields gets to 10, he could very well continue to slip until at least 15 when the New England Patriots are once again on the clock. At that point, you could kind of see the Steelers put themselves in a situation where they could absolutely make a trade-up, make a play, to say swap with the Minnesota Vikings at 14 and get their potential quarterback of the future, a guy, of once again, that this head coach loves, uh, a mobile guy that, to me, I, I think would do very well in Matt Canada's system. He could be that next guy to take over after Ben Roethlisberger. As we sit here right now, of course, we do not know what the succession plan is going to be, but that is a scenario that I could see happening. Is it a likely one? Not very, but is it a possible one? I wouldn't say never, especially in professional sports. But if the Steelers were to make that move, what would it mean for them after the draft? Now, a move like that usually... uh, consists of other draft picks being thrown around. When the Steelers uh, moved, I believe uh, when it was when they're moving up for Devin Bush, I believe what it was was a first, second, and future third to uh, to move up from right around the 18 spot up to 10. Now the Steelers are at 24, and if they want to move from 24 to 14, you would think it would cost a little bit less, but with the quality quarterback on the board, you would also have to assume the New England Patriots would get a phone call from a team like Minnesota and say, "Hey, if if you want if you want this guy, you're going to have to get into a bidding war here with the Steelers to uh, make sure you get him." So I could see the price still be about the same to make a ten a ten ten spot jump for the Pittsburgh Steelers in this situation. They could, they could potentially do it. Perhaps it could be a first this year and next year's first to get it done and not affect uh, the rest of this year's draft stock, but typically those aren't really the moves you see. Uh, perhaps the Steelers could go a first and second this year and a third again next year. If that were to be the case, if the Steelers, no matter what the package is, if the Steelers are trading up for a quarterback, to me, it denotes that, well, the future is kind of now. And really for a team that might be building for future years, I would significantly draw up the importance of running back because to me, it just wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to have this rookie sitting on the bench for a year behind Ben Roethlisberger 
and then not address the offensive line right away. To me, you'd have to pair that move, a move with the quarterback, with the move to protect him. And perhaps it's a tackle in the second round, perhaps it's a center in the third. Whatever it means, to me, you have to address that spot up front. Make sure it's locked down for a decade because you don't want your that investment of a quarterback getting beat up, getting destroyed. Look at what happened to the Cincinnati Bengals when they took Joe Burrow first overall. They did not address the offensive line. Instead, they opted to bring in more receivers, which was a spot of strength for them. I know T. Higgins is an extremely good player, but look what happened to Joe Burrow. One one bad move by behind a bad offensive line, and he shredded his knee. Who knows if he's going to be the same player he once was before that terrible injury. As of right now, I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say what Joe Burrow will end up being. His potential before was being one of the top quarterbacks in the game, but Joe Burrow t- tore tons of ligaments in his knee, and uh, at this point, I'm I'm not certain what was still left intact after that brutal injury. You can't watch that play and tell me if you're going to draft a quarterback, you can snub improving your offensive line. To me, that is exactly why if you're drafting a quarterback, especially if you're trading up for one, you have to protect your investment. That's exactly the way to do it is by taking an offensive lineman. I think that's the move you pair a move like going up for a guy would be. So after the quarterback spot, we pretty much hit every offensive position. Once again, if the Steelers are taking a wide receiver, I would be dumbfounded. But again, I would say that that would be a move much like running back and tight end. You also back those up with an offensive line pick. Defensively, I think we can lump basically every position in together. I'm not so sold on how much the Steelers need a corner because... Right now, it kind of sounds like Cam Sutton is going to be the guy on the outside. You're not really drafting a nickel corner in the first, second, or third round of the draft. Uh, Those are typically the corners that are thumpers that step up into the run and aren't quite the finesse receiving, defending types. So those are guys usually available a little later on in the draft. So that's a spot I wouldn't be too worried about. So I don't think the Steelers would necessarily need in any situation to kind of worry about taking quarterback very high at all. We know they need outside linebacker depth, but with the amount of holes the team has, they probably want to go other other spots, at least with their first three picks. But... Again, I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers ended up taking an inside linebacker. I I would be surprised if they took either a safety or defensive lineman, but really the spots that it comes down to is, say, a Caleb Farley fell to them in the first round or Jeremiah Uzukormora or Zayvon Collins, someone that shouldn't be there at 24 if they fall in their lap and the value is just too good. They take a defender with their first-round pick. Really, to me, again... When it comes time for their second and third round picks, I think you have to pair those up absolutely by hammering the offensive side of the football hard. And perhaps you could go a couple ways about it, but if they're taking a defender with their first round pick and once once again neglecting to take someone on the offensive side of the football for what feels like and probably is a decade since the last time they did that, the Steelers would have to invest some heavy draft capital in the offensive side of the football. And 
really, to me, if they're if they're doing that defender in the first round, they could look to trade up in the second round to uh, lock down a say Javante Williams uh, if he's the third runner on the board in the second round. Say if they could leapfrog in Arizona to make a deal like that work, uh, I could see them doing something like that, uh, and then. Once again, they kind of have to hammer the offensive line after that. Or if they take a defensive player in the first round, they could pair that with another offensive lineman and then kind of look at kind of look what they have already at the running back spot and try to find someone to pair with that. Perhaps like a Trey Sermon or a Kenneth Gainwell. It just, just someone that brings something different than what they already have on roster. So kind of to recap, basically, unless the Steelers are taking an offensive line in the first round, that's kind of what I expect them to do in the second round. Outside of that, I think you're going to see a number of offensive linemen go throughout the draft. The Steelers, though, I should say, don't have a ton of slots to fill offensive linemen in. Uh, Rashad Coward and uh, Joe Haig kind of round out that offensive line group where they really only have spots for one, maybe two more guys to come in and potentially push someone off the roster. Outside of that, uh, I don't imagine this team is going to uh, stray too far from their areas of need. Thankfully for them, I guess uh, the best player available is likely going to fill a spot, a need for them. And really, when it comes to draft night, once that first pick is off the board, that's when everything is going to start to uh, shape itself out, and really you can figure out uh, the direction of this team, because as we all very well know, they haven't they haven't been uh, very active in this free agent pool, outside of bringing in some undrafted guys from a year ago. Basically what they're doing is, if you remember last year, last offseason, the Steelers signed a number of XFL guys, potentially hoping to find one that hit. I'm fairly certain every single one of those guys was cut immediately. Perhaps that's what they're trying to do this year, fill some roster spots with guys that didn't get a fair shake a year ago, hoping to strike uh, strike lightning and find someone that uh, necessarily wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for a COVID-type year. We know all about it already. Maybe they could find someone there, but right now the Steelers have a number of holes. If they don't sign anyone before the draft, they could draft about six different spots with their first-round pick to the surprise of nobody. After that is when you can kind of start to see where this team might be kind of leaning when it comes to forming a rushing attack. And perhaps if they take a Tevin Jenkins in the first round and know they want to run more of a power scheme, maybe they kind of avoid a Michael Carter type running back in the later rounds and try to find someone that's a bit more of a bruiser, etc. So on, so forth. You know the deal. So with everything being said, I just want to remind you that As we approach draft week, Behind the Steel Curtain is going to put out tons and tons of content for you. We're going to be doing uh, live reactions to every single pick. We're doing roundtables, more audio content than really I think we've ever done before. So make sure you're locked into Behind the Steel Curtain as things ramp up here, as we get closer to the draft. We're going to get you mock drafts. We're going to get you tons of analysis and in-depth coverage on these players that the Steelers take. So make sure you're clicking over to Behind the Steel Curtain.com, your one stop shop for all, 
all things Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the busy time of the year for us. We love the draft process. We love everything it comes to building a team and building through the draft. So with all that being said, make sure you're clicking to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You've been listening to the Live Mike Podcast. My name is Michael Beck. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.